Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WLG Discussion Lab Podcast, a platform initiated by Whaling Gallery, where we share insights and whole conversations surrounding contemporary art. Today, we'll be speaking to Lim Weiling, the founder director of Weiling Gallery. She will share with us how the gallery began, where it sits today in terms of making Malaysian contemporary art relevant on the world platform, and also her views on the local art scene. Hello, Weiling. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Let's start with um, how the gallery came to be and um, the progression of it and how uh, where it sits today 20 years later hi sarah um no um it's lovely to be here to just sort of reflect back a bit about how and where we started um so the gallery began as townhouse gallery in its first incarnation um when i sort of stumbled into this industry um, with my own paintings. Uh, I had gone to art school. I had been a, a bit of a late bloomer in the art scene, so to speak, because I had been a stockbroker for several years prior to going back into painting. But I had also been to art school prior to that, right? So I had done a history, a Bachelor of History of Art, a Bachelor of Arts in History of Art, and I'd been a jewelry designer and silversmither. And so I had been to art school and I had really had the sort of, I understood how artists work and what was important to them. Right, so, um, so you could say that I had a, some foundation after the stock market sort of went a bit quiet in the mid nineties. Um, I took up my paintbrush again, and I was painting. And eventually, I had a whole room full of paintings. Um, and Johan, my husband, said to me, "What are you going to do with those paintings?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to keep them." I'm going to give them to friends, you know. And he said, well, no, I think you should have an exhibition. And I said, oh, goodness, no, I could never have an exhibition of my work. That would just be opening myself up. That was an important moment because I think in understanding that having an exhibition for any artist is uh, a moment where you are exposing yourself. It's almost as if you were naked and you're putting yourself out there because when you put your works out there, you become... Um, it's free for all, right? Every, anybody and everybody can look at your work and any and everybody has an opinion about it. Um, and I think that has given me a lot of, um, a, a very sort of, allowed me a strong understanding yeah, about, about how artists work. So anyway, so the gallery started with my own paintings. I had my first exhibition there 20 years ago, not knowing that that was going to be the start of this 20-year journey. I mean, and this is how we've arrived at where we are today. Um, I did not think I was going to open a gallery. Um, it was meant to be purely an exhibition space and my studio. I was going to be an artist. But I think luck and fate had other plans for me. And on looking back on our 20-year journey, it really has been a mission of sorts. It's been a mission that I have been tasked with. Um, it is a mission that I take on and embrace wholeheartedly and something that I will continue working on for as long as I'm able. Could you share a little bit with us about the first artist that you, whose, um, whose works you exhibited um, at Townhouse? Actually, you know, Sarah, it's interesting. Um, the first artist I actually exhibited came knocking on my door. 
I don't work with him anymore. I don't think he's even an artist today. But at that time, 20 years ago, um, his name is Anthony Chong, a Malaysian artist who was taking risks and who was sort of making very, very strong paintings that discussed perhaps issues that no one really wanted to confront. They're quite, quite, I don't know, very raw in the, the way he was painting and almost um, in that sort of German expressionistic sort of way. So a wonderful painter. In fact, you're sitting in front of one of his old paintings. Um, and um, so Anthony called me. And obviously he was showing with another gallery at that time. Um, and I had, didn't understand the ways of the world, of the art world at that time. Um, and he sort of said to me, hey, you've got this exhibition gallery space. Can I show with you? And obviously, I think 20 years ago, there weren't very many art spaces. And so artists were just sort of looking around, you know, to figure out where they, they, where they could show. So I said, oh my gosh, yes, of course, I know you, Anthony. Sure, come and do a show with me. And so he did. So he did a, he did a solo exhibition with us. And that, he was probably the first artist I worked with after my own exhibition. You know, and subsequent to that, we've had, of course, many, many other exhibitions. But if you ask me about the first, Anthony Chong certainly was the first. And um, I think he was, he really sort of um, laid it out for me in the sense that he was quite, it was quite a challenge working with him, but it taught me a lot. I think, uh, as someone who was just starting out. When we talk about artists like Anthony Chong and how you gave their first platforms um, to showcase their works, now, what are the qualities that you look for in an artist and how do you identify what kind of works that are suitable for a gallery viewing? You know, Sarah, I, I never sort of really look at artists' works and think, oh, how is this going to sit? within a gallery context. Um, it's, it's never really been about that, I think, um, for us. Uh, I think when I started the gallery, um, I always knew that I wanted to represent artists or show the works of artists or, or, or place out the works by artists, by the artists whose works I would collect myself. So the conviction really had to be, a, it was a very personal conviction. You know, that if I couldn't hang it in my own home, there's no way I was going to exhibit it in my gallery, right? I think, and I think that, that is, that's really sort of um, given us sort of perimeters within which to work, right, over the years and has sort of guided me because I've, I've never sort of compromised on that vision, you know, like, okay, you know, so I, because I think you need to, um, as a gallery or or any any profession that you do, you really need to um, possess integrity in, and strong belief uh, in the people that you work with. And, and in my case, the artists that I present in my gallery uh, are people or that I know are truly sort of, Perhaps they're born as artists. I mean, a lot of people look at me like with a quizzical look in their eye, like, well, how do you mean they're born? I mean, I think artists are chosen. You don't choose to be an artist, you know, and the chosen ones are the ones who are going to continue making art even when the chips are down, even if they don't sell a single painting, even if no one likes their work. They're artists who continue on that journey making work, regardless of their situation. Uh, I'll tell you an interesting anecdote. 
when I was at art school, I was I obviously there were lots of artists who my who were my you know my contemporaries and who were my seniors or my juniors, and you know they were painters, sculptors. They would make glass. They were making. They were fashion designers. There were also people who were blowing glass, uh, and I used to see quite a number of them. Uh, sort of working at the pub or, you know, waitressing or doing various things. And, you know, I said, you know, I, w- I mean, to me, okay, I, I asked them, I said, oh, so you're working here, like, you know, okay, to earn a bit of money. But they said, you know what, I work uh, uh, a job, a job, like a, a part-time job or a nine-to-five job so that I can support my practice, meaning I get direct fulfillment from making my art, not from the job that I do. So they were working to support an art practice so that they'd never had to compromise on making work that people wanted to buy. And I thought there was was such a powerful um, statement because I think that that in itself has made me, you know, um, in, in, in the selection of the artists that I work with, I think that has to be inherently in them, that they're not going to just, you know, the intention in, in making work is not merely to sell, it's not merely to decorate someone's house, it's not merely to fit in with the decor that's in, in trend or in vogue at the moment. It is about pursuing what they believe in. What are they saying in their work? How is it relevant to their lives, to the world that they're living in, to their emotional state of being, their psychological state of being. This is what we're looking for. At the end of the day, what is art if it is not a reflection of that individual person's um, point of view? Okay. And so, when you ask me about qualities, I mean, there's so many qualities I look for. I look for integrity. I look for um, someone who's per- who's willing to persevere in the face of difficulty. I'm looking for artists who are willing to take risks, who are not going to just repeat the same work over and over again because they know that any number of collectors are going to collect them. You know, I'm looking for artists who are to take time to develop their practice, who are concerted about the are concerned about the concepts that go behind their work and what is that driven by? It has to be driven by something that is close to their heart and it is. Um, sort of some it comes from somewhere deep inside it's not manufactured it's not artificial it's not just making an image for the sake of selling it thank you so much Wailing for being with us today and that concludes our first part of our podcast sessions do tune in for more and in the meantime should you have any queries or comments do drop us a line and we'll be more than happy to answer them A paradigm shift, our current exhibition, um, reflecting on 20 years of the Malaysian art scene, concludes on the 6th of August. So we look forward to seeing you there and have a lovely day.